0: Digital. Jaguars. Jaguar's Digital. Jaguar's Drive Time. Brian Sextex, the Jono Show, the Ashman Sullivan. Jaguar's Drive Time starts right now. Let's go, bro. We got lots of ball to go. we still good. Hey, we still got a lot of ball, man. Hey, yo, hey, how are we gonna respond? Let's go. Hey, how are we gonna respond? Let's go. Hey, yo, hey, let's go. Let's go. Hey, what's the, the ball. What's the ball. Hey, hard
1: count. nice Australian accent mm-hmm. ring to mic up. Adam Gostis mic up. You can check out all the mic up features on jaguars.com. That was last week against the Chicago Bears, but we are here in the present on New Year's Eve, getting ready for a game against the Indianapolis Colts coming up on Sunday. Welcome in Jaguars drive time on a Thursday morning. Ashlyn Sullivan here with Brian Sexton and John Ozier. John, do you have any big party plans planned for New Year's Eve? It's a a little different year on New Year's Eve this year yeah I,
2: I can't share them because uh, <laughs> the law would get involved so well, <laughs> for the sake of this show I'll say no
1: fair enough okay Brian so I guess you won't be seeing John at any clubs this year say the least
3: well you wouldn't see me at any clubs anyway I've got a nice dinner plan with friends though out here at the beach there you go. Um, okay. It's actually a, a party at the restaurant that we're going to. You know, one of those all-inclusive things. That's what happens when you turn 50. Um, but I am going out, and it will be legal. And we're going to celebrate the beginning of, uh, hopefully,
1: a great new year. Legal is key. Legal is a good thing to follow on New Year's Eve. Well done, you too. Let's get into a simply eye Day preview. I'm just taking it easy, you know, following the law like normal. You know, nah,
2: the, you're one you of those young kids. You're trouble.
1: Didn't you hold a New Year's
3: party last year? Didn't you have a party yes. at your place last year? I is did. Is that why you're not and having one this year?
1: That is correct. I cleaned for a good four days. I'll never do it again. And remember, you guys were all upset yeah. that I didn't invite you to the party. But it was young kids. It, it would have been weird, you know.
2: If you had the so. old guys there.
1: <laughs> okay. We'll make some changes for next year when there's no COVID, <laughs> and then you guys can come. We have an entire year to plan it out. All right, let's get into a simply IOA game preview. Point number one we want to make as the Jaguars get ready to take on the Colts is create turnovers. The Jaguars' biggest helper in 2020 has been the turnover battle. It has kept them in games they're not supposed to be in, and that does not stop this week. The Colts are a better team. They have a better record, a 10-win team. They're healthier. They have more experience. So overall, the Jaguars shouldn't win this game. But if they want to stay competitive, they need to create turnovers on Sunday in Indianapolis. Number two, find a way to use the run to set up play action. Daria Goombawale will start this week again for the injured James Robinson, building off 71 yards last week. And best case is to use that run to set up the play action with Mike Lennon at starting quarterback once again this week. Number three, win at the line of scrimmage, offense and defense. When you share that battle at the line of scrimmage, Colts' left tackle will have season ending surgery. We found that out yesterday, but they will get their right tackle back. And overall, Brian, the Colts' offensive line is a very impressive unit. The Jaguars' defensive line, as we know, has been through. All kinds of changes, whether it be injury or not playing well or opting out for COVID. So uh, this is the biggest matchup we're going to have our eyes on.
3: Well, they have the best offensive lineman in football in Quentin Nelson. And they have Ryan Kelly at center, another first-round pick. They're down their left tackle, and and that's never a good thing. But you know, even with a backup on that unit, it still ranks among the top three or four offensive lines in football. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about the quarterback thing so much. This year, mm-hmm. the reality of it is over the last couple of weeks, we haven't focused on a defensive line that has a who's who? Not a who's who, right? Like when you had Malik Jackson and Marcel Darius and Calais Campbell, but a who's, who's who, right? Uh, Daniel Laquale. Uh, last year, were, uh, last week, Daniel Ross. Um, I mean, uh, Doug Coaston. I mean, who? And <laughs> that just, this is a game of. Players in matchups, and they just don't, they don't, they don't favor the Jaguars uh, right now, and certainly not against a line as good as the, um, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, that's not to say that guys can't go out there and make plays. They can, but it's going to take a Herculean effort, you know, cleaning the Aegean stables, so to speak, for this defensive line <laughs> to find a way to get things done this week.
1: Yes, doesn't sound like a matchup in favor of the Jaguars defensive line. And we talked about setting up the run and the play action and big thing, too. And James Robinson, unfortunately, will not be playing this week. And, John, it's kind of a bummer. After the year he's had, you wanted to see him finish it off strong. You understand why he's not playing. And Daria Gumbawale did well in his place. But kind of a bummer that he didn't finish off an incredible year by playing in the last two games.
2: Yeah, it's a bummer for him, absolutely. Um... I think the thing that takes the edge off the bummer is that he can tell himself, and I hope he does in the next couple weeks, I've made it in the NFL, meaning he's got a place. He's going to play in this league a long time. That was obviously his overarching goal uh, this year was to establish himself as a big-time running back, which he's going to be. You know, He won't get the rookie undrafted free agent record of 1,105 yards That'll be forgotten. I think this kid's got 1,200, 1,300-yard seasons in his future. When the Jaguars get better, I think he's got Pro Bowls in his future. So uh, that's the long term of this big thing. But uh, I think the short term is I don't know that his absence absolutely hurts the running game that much. Uh, It does a little. But they ran well last week. This running game this year, James Robinson's gotten all the credit. The running game has been just as much about the offensive line, which has run-blocked extremely well. If they had run-blocked this well, I'm going to go back to 2017 when they led the league in rushing, at the end of the season, they couldn't run-block very well. This team is a very good run-blocking team that's gotten lost a little bit because it's a 1-14 team. I think they'll run the ball fine against the Colts. I just don't think the other matchups on defense, meaning the Jaguars' defense,
3: favors them at all. That's a really good point, Ashlyn. I have to jump in here because mm-hmm. people who are holding to this idea that the Jaguars' offensive line either was a weak spot on the team or, or held them back this year, they're holding on to an old narrative. This offensive line, especially in the run game, as John pointed out, you wouldn't have had James Robinson have the kind of success that he had this year, especially as one-dimensional as this team turned out to be, unless the offensive line was giving him legitimate holes. Um, this group, and it's likely to be different next year. Cam Robinson's a free agent. Uh, Andrew Norwell has a big salary. Brandon Linder's going into the final year of his deal. You you don't know how it comes back. But this offensive line, as was predicted by Jay Gruden before the season began, was a strong point for this team this year. The sacks were largely on quarterback Gardner Minshew, who held the ball far too long in the pocket. Other than that, Mm -hmm. they played very well this year. And just look at last week and how clean Mike Lennon was with Khalil Mack racing to get him every play.
1: No, it is very true. And I go back to the NFL combine last year. We were talking about what are they going to do with the offensive line? And the coaches said, we like our offensive line. We like it the way it is. And that's kind of a surprise to all of us. But now we're seeing that that is definitely true. And that is your simply Iowa game preview. We're going to talk much more about this game on Sunday against the Colts. Lara Overton, Indianapolis Colts reporter, joins us next on Jags Drive Time.
0: Not only as a coordinator, but probably in my 28 years of coaching, you know, it's it's been a tough change without notice, equal housing opportunity.
4: Why do you choose Farah and Farah? First, we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company, and our track record proves that we know how to win. Our attorneys and staff are a team, and we've worked together for decades. To us, our job is much more than just a paycheck. We love to help, and this is important. We never forget, it's not about us. It's all about you. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville.
0: Not only as a coordinator, probably in my 28 years of coaching. You know, it's, it's been a tough year. Um, obviously, we do really appreciate, you know, um, obviously the players and that kind of stuff. It just didn't turn out the way we wanted it. Um, I think they're an extremely hardworking group. And uh, I think we got a good coaching staff, but it just—it just didn't turn out the way we wanted it this year, and uh, it's been frustrated, uh, or frustrating. But at least, you know, hopefully we can go out on good note this week versus Indy.
1: A tough year to say the least for defensive coordinator Todd Wash. A 14-game losing streak. The Jaguars are looking to snap and end the 2020 season on a high note on Sunday. Farrah and Farah reminds you to continue to wear a mask, help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Farah and Farah protecting you and your family since 1979. We're back, Jags drive time Thursday morning, brought to you by the Fields Auto Group as we dive deep into this Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts, a division matchup. And of course, that means we have to bring in Colts reporter and producer Lara Overton is with us now. Lara, good morning, and thanks for waking up with us.
5: Hey, good morning. It's great to get to talk to you twice now this week because you were able to come on and hop on our podcast with us. So enjoy in spite of not being able, you know, to see you in person because of all of the the chaos and the odd circumstances of 2020. We won't be, you know, together at all this season. It's great to get to catch up with you this way.
1: Yes, visually, of course, virtually, of course, we're making it work. All right, Lara. so this game When you're looking at it on paper, the Jaguars are in a 14-game losing streak. The Colts have to win this game along with some help from some other teams to make it to the playoffs. So it doesn't seem like the Jaguars really have a chance in this game, but we talked about it in the podcast you mentioned earlier this week that you really can't rule anything out with this matchup. We've seen crazier things
5: happen than the Jaguars upsetting the Colts this week. We certainly have, and these battles with Jacksonville have not been favorable of late to the Indianapolis Colts. You look at how the Colts ended the 2019 season and began the 2020 season. I mean, the Jags have won the last two games over the Indianapolis Colts, and you do take into consideration as well. The Colts will now be without left tackle Anthony Costanzo. He's done for the season with an ankle injury. They did just sign a tackle, Jared Veld here, who spent time in 2019 with the array of different teams, but most notably with the Green Bay Packers. So they are getting some help, some reinforcement there on their offensive line that they did not have against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will get Braden Smith back, your right tackle. So offensively, you do have those two things to take into consideration for Indianapolis. A ton to play for. Not only do the Colts need a win of their own, but they're also going to need a loss from someone else, whether that's Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, or to get a win uh, for Houston over Tennessee within the division. So um, there are some things in terms of those one o'clock slate of games, that one o'clock slate of games. And you'll be watching, of course, fans will. And then you have the four o'clock matchup between the Colts and Jags. They're also the four o'clock matchup between the Titans and Texans. So Coach Reich has said that, of course, they'll be aware of what happens in those one o'clock games. They're kind of leaving it up to the guys as to whether – They check their phones, whether they're going to be looking at that. Some guys have said, I don't want to know the results of those games. So Lucas Oil Stadium will not be posting the scores of any of those AFC games within the bowl, within the stadium on Sunday afternoon. Coach Reich said, maybe it's not a distraction to all guys, but if it's a distraction to one, that's one too many. It's better for us to not have them up there. It's irrelevant. It can do nothing to add to our focus, to what we have to focus on. It only has a potential to be a negative effect. Of course, you have veteran guys, 17-year veteran guys, like Phillip Rivers, who say, it's already part of my pregame routine. When we're playing a 4 o'clock game, I always check in on Sunday ticket, watch it on my phone to see what's going on across the rest (laughs) of the league. That's just part of his routine. But for those guys who... Maybe don't have the situation that they've been in before a situation like this, whereas Philip has been in this situation before a you know a win and get in and need help elsewhere. So it will will help this team to maybe you know keep those blinders on to some degree, stay focused, and not have the distraction of those being flashed up across the stadium on Sunday afternoon.
1: All
3: right, Laura. So you've told us everything we need to know about the game on Sunday. I'm going to take you in a different direction. Are you ready? It's um. <laughs> It's New Year's. I'm a sentimental guy. Philip Rivers is one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks, and I have lots of stories from the times he would come here with the Chargers about um, his impact in the community, things he would quietly do to help improve the lives of people around him. Right, and 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 I'm saying this because this could be his last game. He acknowledged that. Give um, me give me a, a Philip Rivers story. Give me something about him uh, that you folks in Indianapolis have enjoyed this year, seen this year. He's one of the great all time quarterbacks. He, he's probably not winning a championship, maybe with you this year, but could go out without a championship. Uh, Hall of Fame guy gets lost in the Eli Manning two thousand and four draft class. Give me something about uh, Philip Rivers in what could be his final season.
5: Matt, well, you know hopefully we, we have Philip returning, and I can get you on the podcast at some point to get get some of those stories and hear some of those many stories. but One of the things that I have to say that kind of stood out to me is right when Philip uh, signed and committed to coming to Indianapolis this spring, we did a FaceTime interview and uh, he talked about that Hoosiers is actually one of his favorite movies and that he had always felt a draw to the movie Hoosiers and how much he appreciated that. And that was uh, something that when they played here, when he was with the Chargers and they played in Indianapolis, or actually it may have been. When he was here for Super Bowl festivities, not when they were participating in the Super Bowl, but here for some other things when Indianapolis hosted it, that he actually made a trip out to the gym where Hoosiers was filmed because he had such a connection to the the aura and the tradition and the history and everything. So that was part of one of those trips that he made to Indianapolis was a commitment to uh getting out there and getting to see that and kind of pay homage to that. Cause something that was really, really special to him. And another thing is um I heard this um just kind of third hand uh, over the summertime. Once Philip and his family and all of his kids were getting settled in Indianapolis, the neighborhood that they they live in, of course, has like a community pool there. And so you had the kids were out swimming. Philip had his kids there and you know a couple other little clusters of families, all, of course, socially distanced and whatnot there at this pool. And Philip is over in the deep end, and you have kids that are lining up on the, the diving board to go off the diving board and Philip is has like a nerf football and he's tossing passes, and the kids are all diving off the <laughs> diving board, seeing if they can snag him out of the air, and I'm like. What a scene. These kids have no idea, probably not. I mean, his kids know, but most of the other kids here, they'd only been in Indianapolis for a short period of time, but they really immerse themselves in the communities and he's having the time of his life. I mean, a future Hall of Fame quarterback is, you know, spending his his afternoon tossing nerf footballs to 10, 11, 12 12-year-old kids going off the diving board in their <laughs> neighborhood. And I just thought it was such a, a genuine moment where this is a guy who came in with the zero arrogance, you know, none of that. There was there was none of that to deal with. He was somebody who just genuinely was so excited for the opportunity to play football, to have kind of a fresh start in Indy, to be reunited with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. And, you know, he it, the two things he loves, he loves being a dad, he loves playing football and he was just having the time of his life, just making sure that he could have some fun and and be a kid along with all those other kids who were swimming around in the pool on like a, you know, hot Midwest July afternoon, certainly nothing like Jacksonville, but that was one of the things that uh, kind of stood out to me that I thought, okay, this guy knows what, knows what Indiana is about, knows what being part of this community is about. And, you know, unfortunately, because of the circumstances of 2020 we don't have as many of those like in-person interactions that i'm sure that you probably know of from your many experiences with him where you know they're going out and doing the community things or visiting the children's hospitals or whatever those might be so you know hopeful that we do have more time with philip to get to know him even better and to create even more of those opportunities but those are two right off the bat i mean if you were going to um if you're talking about uh, introducing yourself to a fan base and you start off with talking about how much you love Jimmy Chitwood and Hoosiers and the mystique of all of that. um, And then you follow it up by, you know, being, being that dad who's throwing the football to kids. I mean, and I think it was a long period of time. It's like all afternoon he was out there. Those are two really cool things completely off the field things to me that I'm very fond of. And I really appreciate about Philip Rivers.
3: Yeah, well, look, before I hand it over to John, the, the story in Jacksonville is, is that he, he touched a, a charity that I am very familiar with well, to the tune of about $7,000 worth of groceries one day when they were in here on a Saturday. So, uh, you know, paid for that entire charity to feed the homeless and the hungry for an entire month. Uh, so I just have always admired the kind of person he was and didn't want, if, if this is the end of his indie career or his career at all, and he said it was earlier this year. It was pot- potentially the end, uh, people to miss out on one of the great quarterbacks. So John, I'll shut up, and I'll give it to you. Talk ball.: <laughs> No, it's, uh, it's an
2: amazing thing uh, to me, back to the field. I can't get over Lara the, the fact that they're 10 and five and could win and go 11 and five, which would win divisions most years, and still not get in the playoffs. It, if that happens, what's the mood? It, Has there been any talk about just how unusual that is?
5: There certainly has been talk of that. And when Coach Reich was asked about it this week, he said, I I have to just believe that we're going to take care of our own business. We're going to do what we can do, and that's win 11 games. And we have to just believe that that's enough and believe that we hope we've done enough to be able to get in. And you certainly look at the record and you think, man, that's got to be a successful season. But undoubtedly, if this team misses the playoffs, they're going to be disappointed. I'm going to say that you can, you can look at it two ways. The season can be at 11-5 and five, a success, um, and you miss the playoffs, but it's still a disappointment. I don't think you see it as a failure, but it certainly is a disappointing end to that season because you look at pivotal games, where the Indianapolis Colts did not get the job done. I mean, in particular, let's just look at last week, blowing that lead, a double-digit lead that you had to the Pittsburgh Steelers, allowing them to come back, and you think, man, you let that one slip away. There were other opportunities that they had. Certainly, you think about the loss to Baltimore, the loss to Cleveland. All of those things um, come to mind. You had an opportunity at home against the Tennessee Titans where you couldn't capitalize, and going all the way back to week one, you let the game in Jacksonville get away from you right out of the gates. And so this Colts team, you think about the, the many wins that they can boast. In particular, you know, I think about the win over the Packers, both those wins um, against Houston that came down to stands by your defense, red zone stands by your defense. There's a lot to be proud of so far this season. I don't want to get nostalgic yet because I'm so hopeful and I feel promising that we will be playing at least another week. And extend this run in twenty twenty at least another week or so, but they've they've all touched on it briefly that. They're very locked in, locked in against, you know, beating Jacksonville. And then whatever else happens across the rest of the league will take care of itself. I mean, I, I think a lot of us in general, whether we, we work for teams or whether we're fans, you feel grateful that we're talking about we've gotten through this 2020 season to, to completion, that we've been able to get to 17 weeks of this season. And now we're looking to the playoffs. So you think about all of the different curveballs that have been dealt, um, to every NFL team, in particular, you look at the Colts and the different things, the adversities that they've faced—losing Marlon Mack, losing Paris Campbell. You lost Michael Pittman for a period of time. Uh, you had divorced Buckner who missed time due to you know COVID-related reasons. A couple of other situations like that. I mean, pivotal pieces of this team that you were missing in crucial games and crucial opportunities. To me, I think that you look at 11 and five, and you've got to feel really strong about what you did this season. But By no means are you satisfied sitting at 11 and five if you're on the outside looking in of a playoff scenario and you're looking at teams you should have beaten who are getting in there and playing meaningful games or continuing to play games into January. Teams like Pittsburgh, you know, of course, you're looking to Baltimore and um, Cleveland in all of that as well.
1: Very unique situation for the Colts to say the least and the Jaguars looking to play spoiler. Yes, very unique for this game on Sunday in the four o'clock St. Lara. Thank you for joining us and Happy New Year.
5: Happy New Year, guys. Look forward to seeing you in person in 2021.
1: Yes, let us hope so things go back to normal this next season. Thanks so much for joining us. When we come back, he will, he won't, he might right here on Jags Drive Time.
0: Jags Drive Time is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure, and Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good.
4: You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: change without notice. Equal housing opportunity.
1: You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubbles Flexible Service Car Wash start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free
0: air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach,
1: and coming soon to Kernan in Atlantic. Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! But obviously, this is a one game at a time approach and one season at a time approach for all coaches. We understand uh, if you don't win, especially if you're one and fourteen or two and fourteen or one and fifteen, uh, odds aren't in your favor that you're going to stick around very long. But uh, staff has worked extremely hard. Coach Marone's uh, done a great job with uh, you know what he's had to work with um, and everything. Um, but the future is up in the air without a doubt. We're just going to work hard the last game and, and whatever happens happens. But I do love the area, that's for sure, and I would love to coach these young guys again. The final week of the 2020 season, getting ready for the season finale on Sunday. That was offensive coordinator Jay Gruden about his future coaching, possibly here in Jacksonville. Lots of questions around that, and we'll recap all of that next week here on Jaguars Drive Time. But for now, there's a game on Sunday against the Colts, which means it's time for he will, he won't, he might. Brian, this guy, a popular guy lately.
3: Um, you know, Jack has had a tremendous year. Uh, the numbers from a football perspective tell the story. From an all-pro, probably not, because in all-pro, you know, voting, you're looking for the big flash plays, the, uh, the scooping co- scores, the sacks, the interceptions. But I say he will this week make a flash play. Uh, the Colts throw the ball. They run the ball. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they do everything well. Uh, but Phillip Rivers, though I love him so, takes a lot of chances and has become interception-prone. Probably an interception uh, producer, okay? So I think there's going to be a chance for, for Jack to finish the season with a flourish. So I say we will see a big play from him this week. Um, he won't get the all-pro votes, the, uh, the Pro Bowl stuff that he deserves this year. Uh, but he might next year. Um, you know what? And that's been the, the refrain with this guy is next year, next year, next year. Um, but when you have a fully functioning offense and a healthy football team around you, a guy like Miles Jack is able to do more of what he does. Um, This year, I think he was doing a lot of everything and making tackles that other guys missed. Um, But next year might be the year that the rest of the league finally sees the complete Miles Jack. Because I think this year, we saw the best version of him we've seen since that 2017 team, where he had all that talent around him.
1: That's a guy that you think will only go up next season with a few more pieces around him. All right, John, we're switching to offense with you.
2: Yeah, I first of all agree with Brian about Miles. I think he was even better this year than he was in 17. He just didn't have a couple of splash plays, so uh, good call by Brian there. Uh, I went with, this, with uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, he will enter the final game of the season healthy. I, I think really the thing that sort of held him back from having the rookie year that people hope was he had, it just seemed like for weeks and weeks and weeks, he was out, sort of nicked up, not quite where he could have been. As Jay Gruden said yesterday, that's a thing that he's got to work on. He came into the NFL with that as, as sort of something hanging around his neck. He, he's got to get healthy and be there for 16 games. Uh, He won't quite get the numbers that he wanted out of this season, probably. Uh, But going into this particular game, because he's not going into it banged up, I think he has a chance to have a big game. He might, you know, he might have a huge game and I think he will. He started to do it last week with the 34 yard uh, reception. Sometimes with young guys at the end of seasons, You see them put together a couple of huge plays at the end and you get an idea they're figuring out. He might be figuring it out at the right time to have something to go into the off season to work with. I think he's a guy that you're going to look back on this season and say, yeah, he was, he was almost, I think he's going to be a star in the future though.
1: Absolutely. I go back to the draft and we all kind of chuckled when he compared himself to Julio Jones and we said. This guy's going to be fun to cover. So, lots of potential for LaVisca Chenaults. I have. Who do I have? Caleb on Chase on. How could I forget? He will continue the trend of being, being the best month of football he has played. Gave Bears left tackle, fits all last week. And the Trubisky interception, the one that Joe Schobert caught in the end zone, credit to Caleb on Chase on. That was all on him getting that pressure and causing Trubisky to make that mistake. We talked about. Is he progressing the way that we wanted him? the start of the season? No, he needed some time, but you're seeing him come into the best month of football. He's playing and he will continue that trend on Sunday. He won't go down as the most impactful year that we thought he was going to have at the draft. Like I just said, there was a lot of things that we thought he was going to accomplish and that's a lot to put on a rookie defensive end. And I think we're finally seeing him come into his groove. And we almost forget that there was no preseason this year for him. So he's finally getting the snaps that he wants this year. So it won't go down as most impactful year for him, but definitely progressing. He might, he might beat that this week. He might beat that progression. He had tied a career high in pressures last week with five. I think he beats that this week, the past four games in terms of pressures he's produced. They've been leading. He's had four pressures the past four weeks, five last week. So I think he beat this week. And overall, we talk about Caleb on chase on coming into his own on December, that is, he will, he won't, he might. When we come back, pick one and pick it on Jags Drive Time.
0: Jags Drive Time is presented in part by Dreamfinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next grill, everyone's invited. And a Deco, visit at decousa.com.
1: At ViStar, we believe in better, and that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952, a smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA.
0: Hi, folks. Frank Franja here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. Fifteen locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go, bro. We got lots of
3: ball.
0: Well, as a coach, sometimes you know, you know, they're searching for things to say and things to do, and it's just hard. And um, I think he's handled the situation.
1: We're back. Jags drive time Thursday morning brought to you by the Fields Auto Group with some uh, closing thoughts. It is Thursday. It is New Year's Eve. We hope you all have a fantastic New Year's Eve. We will not be here New Year's Day, but we will be here Monday morning. Jags drive time recapping the season finale against the Indianapolis Colts. Stay tuned Jaguars.com all weekend long for your game coverage. Have a great New Year's Eve. Have a great weekend and we'll see you Monday.